extra. All right. So this is our this was our objective, and we're gonna talk about this, but just because. I like strategy a lot. I'm big on strategy. This is what I do better than anything else. And people get all balled up in fancy sayings and they end up saying things like, we need to have a conversation on race, which means absolutely nothing. There's no commitment required to do it. There's no timeline. There's no outcome. There's no functional framework. It means nothing, but it sounds good. So anytime you hear a corporation saying a whole lot of buzzwords, that means run away. You probably need to change jobs. I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad, but it probably means they don't have a clear strategy. Let's case, use a case in point, Walmart. Now, I will use this one simply because they got sued and, I, and it's very clear that they can't do it anymore, but you can see the change. Walmart used to have on, their, on the side of their stores, always low prices, always. Now, to be fair, they got sued, so they had to take it down, okay? There were some legal issues and they had to take it down, okay? What is Walmart's plan right now? Save money, live better. What does that mean? What is live better? What is save money? In 1997, this guy named Jeff, he wrote this letter. And the letter included a simple statement. He sought to create the world's most customer-centric company ever. To this day, that letter appears in every one of his company's uh, quarterly releases with, uh, with their financial information. 1997, simple math, that's 19 years ago. Still there. And guess who's eating Walmart's lunch right now? The company that Jeff said was gonna be the most customer-centric company ever, that's Amazon. Why? Because they are very clearly committed to delivering everything that you as a customer want. You buy something from them and it breaks. Call them up, hey, it's broken. They will send you one before you send back what was broken. And what does that make you wanna do? Go right back to them. Here's something interesting. I actually have bought things in Walmart that Walmart didn't sell. Walmart used to be more flexible with this return policy, so much so people started calling it the Walmart rental policy. Now, I ain't saying why, I ain't saying uh, whether or not you should or shouldn't participate, but that's what it was. So Walmart would literally take things back because, well, they were more interested in making you happy and letting you know that they were fully committed to making you happy than they were in what that product was. Here's a little secret that people don't like to talk about too much. If Walmart closed its 100 largest super centers by revenue, just completely closed, disappeared, and all the money that those super centers make went elsewhere, completely gone, no longer there, Walmart would still be a $400 billion company. So you telling me that 3226 piece of whatever that you bought matters? It doesn't but your loyalty as a customer does and where they are, they are starting to have challenges is in they've lost that ability to connect the loyalty and translate that into customers. Make sense? We're working on it. So let's talk about what strategy really is. Strategy is simple. Best definition I ever heard was actually not a definition at all. A guy named John Doggett looked at me and he said, let me tell you something. You know you have a strategy when you can give your opponent your playbook and there's nothing he can do to stop you. Nothing. Nothing. 
Nothing. There's our playbook. Who going to stop you? Nope, there's one person who can. Exactly. So if you did not start, what do you expect to get? If you did start, now here, let, let's ask a question informally. I'm going to put pressure on you. Did anybody start doing any of this stuff and not see results? Thank you very much. That's it on that piece. So we want to eliminate anchors. I put or minimize because, yeah, you know, some of the stuff we just can't get rid of. It's just going to be with this for a long time. But we can start to minimize their impact on us. All right? We want to start talking about proceeding on priority. Right? It's very easy to stay focused when you know what you're focusing on. Absolutely. It's very easy. Now, the problem is it's easy to become discouraged. Right? Because I'm pretty sure when it was posted in the Facebook group that we paid off almost 150 grand in debt, somebody said, oh my God, we're never going to get to 250 and so far away. And somebody said, yes, oh my God, on our way to 250. You saw the same piece of information, but you had a different response. Right? I want you to know we are going to get there. And I can, I'm going to show you why. I, I did the math on this before I let it go out, so I'm pretty sure we can get there. But we're going to do it in a prioritized fashion. Takes a little bit more work up front, but you can get there a whole lot quicker. And you can be assured that you can get there. You can course correct if you need to, but you can get there. Okay? Last one, of course, is we're going to enable opportunism. Right now, somebody has a business idea, multi-million dollar business idea, and I'm suspicious that this person is in this room right now. Can Fellowship of Champions invest in that person's business idea? What do we think? What do you think? Yeah. We could. Yeah. Could we invest the way we want to? So here's an, a little bit of stuff for you to think about. In the world of venture capital, there is about a 99% failure rate for companies. So translation, even the companies that they select, which there's typically somewhere around one out of a 500 or 1,000, depending on where you look, that they actually select, 99% of those companies will not produce a major return. So most will fail. The few that do win explode, and they make way more than enough money to pay those back. All right? How many investments of $10,000 could we make over the next five years? I guess. I haven't done the math, so I don't know. I'm not setting you up. I actually don't know. What do you think? You do one a year? Okay. So I've been counting the kids that go off to Children's Church over the last week. It's been between 20 and 25. If we're going to give them each $10,000, we got some work to do, y'all. So let's do just some back of the envelope math. If we have 25 kids, $10,000, that's $250,000. That means some percentage of the revenue that Fellowship of Champions collects needs to be dedicated. It can't be all of it, otherwise we won't have a place to meet. All right, so let's say it's 10%. Just kind of keep 10 just because it's easy math. That means Fellowship of Champions needs to collect $2.5 million over the next, what, 14, 15 years to pay for our kids. And if all of that money is composed entirely of tithes, that means we need to make collectively $25 million to give our kids $10,000 scholarships.
How are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? I can tell you how, not doing what we're doing today. Come on. Something's got to change. Because <laughs> I promise you, we're not going to get there on the path we're on. But that doesn't mean we can't. Some of y'all look like, oh, my God, we never going to get there. Some of y'all are like, I got some money back in this mattress. <laughs> can I tell y'all a funny story? So a few years ago, this family had their grandmother, and their grandmother it was Christmas, and they wanted to give grandma a bed. And so they, because she slept on this hard bed, and they were like, oh, she's so old. We love her so much. We want to get her a softer bed. This is crazy. She got this hard bed. We're going to give her something. It's going to be a present. So they took her out. And while they were out, somebody snuck in, and they changed the bed, and they threw it away. And then they brought grandma back. And grandma said, ah! What'd y'all do to my bed? They said, we threw it away. We got you this nice soft one. She said, ah! Where is it? I want it back. They said, no, this is better. It's fancy. It's got all the bells and whistles. You can sleep well. She said, I don't want to sleep well. I want my mattress. And they said, why? She said, I had over a million dollars stashed in that mattress. Oops, they never found the mattress. <laughs> they never got it back. That is a true story. I'm not even joking. So I, I, I had, I, everybody gonna look, right? Like we gonna be in the dump that night, right? We breaking in the city dump. We looking, right? So. I had, I had a, 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 a professor, a guy named uh, Brandel, Professor Brandel. He's a real quirky guy, kind of weird. Would shake his hands a lot like this, like I just did. And I did that kind of to honor him. Uh, he, he made a point one time. He is not the person who you would expect to make this point. But he said, why do people rob houses in the hood? You never understand it. You know why? He said that's where the money is. See, what Dr. Brando did was he actually specialized in money and banking amongst minority communities. And what he found out is that particularly in minority communities, people didn't trust banks. So they kept all their valuables. So when grandma threw away that mattress, it was because she didn't trust a bank. Or when they threw away grandma's mattress. So what we want to do here is change our perspective. If you have a mattress with a million dollars, amen. Can, can we do something else with that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that, that, you can't, that, you, that you have to go crazy or do something wild. Let's just think better about how we're doing it. Because let's be honest, we may not have a mattress with a million bucks in it, but we got minds with a whole lot of thoughts in them around businesses, around plans. Think about this, and I, and I haven't thought about that. I haven't done this math either. How much money do we run for corporations right now? Just in this room, I'm responsible for a couple billion dollars. How much are you responsible for? How much are you responsible for? Okay, I bet we can get to $5 billion right now in this room. That's just three people right there. We're almost there. You telling me we can't come up with a million dollar idea amongst us? What if we started looking at ourselves as opportunities to do business? See, we see each other oftentimes in social arenas. 
we went to school together. How many of y'all known somebody in the church for more than 10 years? Yeah. See, you grew up with them, right? You saw them go through their bad times and their good times. I got friends who are doctors. I will never go visit them. Like if I'm, if it's all and it's bad and that's my only hope, just get Mahalia Jackson on the phone because I ain't going to my friends because I know what they did, right? But we've gotten to see each other grow and change, but we forget, holy smokes, we are major decision makers for major companies and we don't see each other in those lights all the time. So we never consider that, oh, I want to start a business in film. Let me talk to somebody who starts in film or runs something related to film. Does anybody know anything about film industry in here? I said I wanted to start a trucking company. People came out the woodworks. I was like, whoa, hold on. Hold on. I said I wanted to start it. I didn't say I was ready to run. <laughs> I said I was ready to start. I want to start. I'm ready to run. But we have to start thinking about those things. And as we get into 2017, we're going to start to do more of those activities that bring out some of these ways that we don't see each other. It doesn't have to always be about shout, 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 glory, 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 hug, 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 and that's all. What happens outside of here matters, too. Because I guarantee you that Doug McMillan is extremely well qualified to do what he does. But it didn't hurt that his daddy was a dentist who was real tight with Sam. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Guaranteed. Didn't hurt. By the way, Doug plays a basketball game at his house every weekend. He has for 40 years. So if you ever get invited, go. Even if he's not there, the basketball game goes on. All right, here's your objective, here's your strategy. Strategy should drive tactics, objective should drive strategy. Here we go, everything flows well together. We have three things that we're gonna do. Number one, credit scores must approve or improve this year. That means not go down anymore for some of you. Some of you mean that go, means go up. Now, if you got an 803 credit score, you're probably not gonna go to 903, mostly because, well, it doesn't exist. But you can still see some improvement. If you're somewhere in the sixes, we wanna get you up. I told you already, we're going to start taking apart why we're not going to use credit score. Uh, going forward into 2017, we're going to focus on something different. And if y'all want to know now, I'll tell you. If not, we can go on and I'll tell you later on. Your choice. Tell us, tell us. Tell us now. All right. If Jimmy Beasley was here, and I wish he was, I get him. And we stand next to each other. And I ask y'all a simple question. Jimmy, who weighs more, me or Jimmy? Why? Jimmy got big muscles. The bald head, wear tight shirts. <laughs> it's okay, I say this when he's, not, when he's here too, so it's all right, it's just like he's here. Why? It's composition. Composition matters. If you are looking at a, it, try this, go to your doctor, and actually change doctors. Just go to a new doctor. Step on the scale, every doctor does the same thing. They want to weigh you, they want to look at your oxygenation, they want to take your temperature, they want to make sure that you're okay, they're going to do blood and all that stuff, right? But just step on the scale. Whatever that number says, say, am I healthy, doctor? The doctor's going to say, well, I don't know. And you're going to say, why? Because that's not enough information. Same thing applies for your credit score. You can have a 737 credit score, and you can have a 737 credit score, but how you get there matters. One may have zero debt, but make a little bit of money, but zero debt. A couple of assets, but make a little money. One person may have a whole lot of money, but be so far in debt that they're struggling to make those minimum payments. 
and oh man, something went to collections and now I'm not at 800, I'm at 750, and oh man, I'm three months behind on something else, so now I'm at 737. Very different economic situations. Same score. That's why we're not gonna use it. What we're gonna look at instead is, is composition. So if you think back, way, 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 way to January 31st, I asked you to pull your credit report. I did not ask you to get your credit score. I asked you to pull your credit report. Go through it, look at what's there. If you haven't done so yet, pull your third and final one for the year. Uh, the third company, TransUnion, Experian, or Equifax. Whichever one you haven't pulled yet through these sessions, pull your third if you haven't already, okay? What we're gonna do is compare January to now. We can look at our line items and we can see how we've changed. I suspect last week, when Pastor Sean asked you guys to fill out that survey, nobody pulled out two credit reports and went line by line. So I suspect you missed something, and probably a lot of something, and probably not just something, some things. So please do that. I'll show you our scorecard, and we'll get there. No, do it yourself. You do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Do it yourself. Uh, $250,000 of debt paid off. Again, I suspect you guys have missed something. We're further along than, than 150 grand. Guaranteed. I can guarantee you right now, we are further along than 150 grand. I promise you that. Even if you don't rework, rework anything, I guarantee you we're further along. Number one, I know we're further along because, well, only 25 people filled them out, and I know we got more than 25 people who come. Number two, I'm pretty sure you're missing something. I know we're further along. So if you went, oh, man, we only got 150, we got 250 to go, pick your head up. We're good. We're going to get there. Last one, we're going to increase our retirement savings by 3% for 2017. Now, the only way that can happen is if we get rid of some anchors that are holding us back, right? Or make more money. Well, a, a, a small paycheck could be an anchor. All right, so let's look at some of our activities that we've done this year. And let's look at how they line up to what our strategy actually is. So everything we've done this year, and I've asked you to do through homework, even when it didn't seem like it was pretty or fun, lined up to our strategy. Some things more so than others, but as you look at them, we can see things like a monthly budget. Begin to show us how we track our funds, help us eliminate and be focused. We can be on a priority. We can talk through some of the challenges that we face. Do we need a, 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 like a support group or anything so somebody can get together and talk about some of this stuff? I'm happy to be part of it. Anybody? Because I can tell you, I had $20,247 worth of credit card debt the day I quit my job to go to grad school. Sure did. I still have that credit report at home. Sure do. 20 grand. And I went in and said, hey, <laughs> I'm not coming back. In fact, I'm going to go spend 100 grand on an education <laughs> and not make money for two years. You know what's interesting, though? So if you look at what I made the year before I quit my job to go to grad school, and you add in all of the student loans that I took on to go to grad school and undergrad, the very first contract I signed coming out of grad school was more than that amount. So did I make a good investment? 
I made a great investment. Y'all better clap for me, God dog it. I did something. <laughs> the funny thing is, the offer I accepted wasn't even my highest offer. It was actually my second lowest. I was thinking longer term. Okay. So when we look at student loans, I know we like to talk about these and how much we don't like them. Let's keep in mind that our financial lives and our personal lives change because we made an investment. And if that $2 million of extra lifetime earnings because of that, that college degree that you have exceeds the money that you invested and will spend on interest repaying that student loan, then you made a good investment. Now, everybody here, not last named Beasley, did you meet your spouse in college? You wouldn't have met her. Might have been some loans in there. Y'all knew each other. I know y'all know each other for a long time. In Texas, folks, y'all owned it a long time. But think about that. Think about what kind of transformation took place. Here's the scary part, though. Those student loans are yours now, right? The return on those student loans are your responsibility. See, these are yours now to hang on to. These are your, this is your responsibility. How great do you want to make that return? Are you using that information that you learned to produce more, or are you just kind of cruising? Cruising. You go to a job every day that you hate because, well, it's kind of scary to step out and do your own thing, even though doing your own thing might get you more. Come on. Baby, let's cruise. How long are you going to cruise? Till you run out of gas? You run out of gas, that's it. <laughs> you don't want to run out of gas. You're going to cruise until you don't have any more money to put gas in the car? How long will you cruise? Just think about these things. We want to look at our equity. I ask you to calculate your equity. It's kind of scary. Oh, because you might have a negative net worth. Don't worry, I have a net worth calculator in the back. We're going to show it to you, too. It'll be part of two sheets that we're going to use to figure out where we are and how far we come. The equity calculation in the accounting equation is essential because this is how business is graded. And I've told you before, you cannot win a game if you don't know how to keep score. This is how business keeps score. This is the very basis of scorekeeping. In fact, on November, I think it's 18th. No, it's not 18th. 17th. Walmart releases its quarterly earnings. Tomorrow's the end of its quarter. It'll release as quarterly earnings you can get up, and they will walk you through those words. Assets equal liability plus equity. They're going to talk about it. They will tell you this stuff. There is a form out there called a balance sheet that is based on this, and it talks about the health of a business. Get your scorekeeping together, because you will lose if you try to play me in a game where you don't know how to keep score. People got themselves in trouble in the housing crisis, not because they were pirates out here trying to take advantage, but because they got into a game where they didn't know how to keep score. There used to be this thing, it's kind of a saying slash joke slash poke in the eye in the Air Force, where they said people with PhDs design jets. People with master's degrees fly jets or build jets. People with bachelor's degrees fly them. People with high school diplomas maintain them. What do you think happened? People with the high school diplomas could maintain what the people with the PhDs designed. 
So jets were breaking down and people were dying. So they went through this whole simplification thing. where They said, hey, you geniuses, break it down. There are people in this world with degrees in things like quantitative finance. They call them quant jocks. You know what they do? Math. All the time. With letters, not even numbers. <laughs> Math without symbols that you even know as plus, minus, and divide, and multiply. They just got letters that's not even in the same language. Got squiggly lines and stuff. I'm going to tell you how crazy their math is. They can actually get patents on their math is so complicated. There are companies, if you've ever heard of hedge funds, they hold intellectual property. They hold patents on math equations. You telling me your Windows 95 based computer is going to compete with somebody who is worried about whether or not they make 0. .0001 on a stock move? You can't, but you can still do very well in the game if you know how to keep score. There's actually a really interesting thing about real estate that people may not realize. Buildings that are closer to places where servers are housed, where information is stored, are more valuable. Any idea why? Here's how serious we've gotten in the finance world. There is a difference in how long it takes to move data from one building to the other. And it's small. It's nanoseconds. Small. But for high-frequency traders, that distance means tens of millions of dollars. So a building that's 100 feet away is more valuable than a building that's 200 feet away. That's the kind of differences we're talking about in this game. So if you want to continue to sit back and say, well, I just don't know how to do math, you can't. You're going to lose every time. And I told you before, there is a big difference between can't do and challenged by. Okay? You don't have to have calculus 15 to be able to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. You guys have heard me say it before. I said it this week at work. I say it all the time. I get paid to do third grade math. If it's more complicated than third grade math, I don't have to talk about it at work. Because if I do, they won't understand. And I can't communicate it in seconds. I watch one of my sales guys get completely ripped apart. Why? Because his third grade math wasn't on third grade point. And you know what happened when he looked at me? I didn't do those numbers. I don't know where they came from. If you don't know how to keep score, you can't win. You have no chance. Okay? Budgets. How many of y'all have a budget? Tell the truth. You have a budget? Good job. It's all right. It's all right. I know. I know. <laughs> you, you want me to do yours for you? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a website. <laughs> what was that? Budget? Uh, well, let's see. I've got a couple of deals on my computer right now. I can drop to you if you want them, and you can always use anything like, uh, like Mint. Yeah, Mint's great. Uh, check out the QuickBooks programs, too, from Intuit. They do a good job. Too. Is it good? Does it work for you? Wait, wait, wait. Actually, you're a good example, Bruce. Stand up. Stand up, Bruce. 
You're a really good example of this. Stand up, Bruce. Spark, stand up. Stand up. Stand up, Richard, stand up. Y'all work out, right? Do y'all do the same workout? No. All y'all pretty, though. <laughs> the workout you used to lose weight is not the same workout that Spark used to stay swole. It's not the same workout Richard used to lose weight, right? But it worked. The thing was that you were committed to it until you got your results. Sit down. Budgets are the same way. Websites are the same way. All this stuff is the same way. Find one that you can stick with. If you want to do Pilates, do it. If you want to use Dave Ramsey, do it. If you want to come over here and go paleo on your diet, do it. If you want to go over here and go all Susie Orman, do it. Whatever it takes to get you there, do it. I put um, a post in the Facebook group uh, for his and her money. They are full of tips. It's a husband and a wife. They talk about their stuff, shopping, all kinds of stuff. She was on uh, Extreme Couponing a long time ago, but they still maintain budgets. She's like way more detailed than he is. And he's like, yeah, I had to change because, well, I was tricking off dough when she met me, right? But he's honest and she's honest and they talk about their challenges and they give tips and they do all these great and wonderful things that will help you. Go and look at them. If you don't like them, there are a whole lot of other places to go. Get on YouTube and just type financial freedom, debt paid off, anything. Type it in there. Find something that works for you and stick with it. Pastor Sean ain't here, so I can't ride in on this save receipts thing because I know how she feels about it. Uh, but she will tell you that it has helped her. Did anybody complete the risk assessment? The risk assessment. What's that? Okay. I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll find one today, and I'll drop it in the Facebook group. Um, it is important to understand who you really are and to be honest about yourself. Like, whatever your risk is. I think I use the, the, the example, I don't think people are risk averse. I think they're loss averse. Like, if you give somebody a dollar and tell them to touch the hot stove, they ain't going to do it. But if you give them a million bucks and tell them to touch the hot stove, it'd be a whole, be a whole lot of crispy hand millionaires out there talking about, ooh. <laughs> and grandmamas come out the woodworks talking about, here, baby, put butter on. Y'all y'all had that in Arkansas? Yes. Yeah, okay. I talk about my family a lot because I love my family. And... This kind of stuff just gave me an excuse to reminisce on them. It's funny stuff that we've done. Credit reports, <laughs> we've talked about those. If you haven't, again, please request your third. Uh, all right. Three things I want to cover that's really, really, really are going to impact us. And I really want to focus on this first one. It's super important because it's scary. It's called financial abstraction. Okay. I think I posted it in the Facebook group the video about the guy who played Monopoly with his kids uh, with real money. Y'all watch that? Anybody watch that? $10,000? Yeah. He said they played different. It was real money. <laughs> they actually cared. Yeah, it was a TED talk. It was a TEDx talk. Yep, it sure was. But they actually, yeah, they actually played differently when it was real money. Do we play differently when it's real money? But you know what's really interesting? If we played like it was Monopoly money, how much further along would we get? Because when you play Monopoly, I happen to love Monopoly, right? I love it. When you play Monopoly, you be like, buy, 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 pay me, pay me, pay me. But in our own personal lives with our own money, we like, no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I'm not suggesting that you go all willy-nilly and throwing it up in the air. You know, throw, nobody needs to be throwing it up in the air, okay? But 
Maybe some of that monopoly attitude needs to leak in there too. Buy it. What's the worst that could happen? I'm not suggesting go crazy. Let's be reasonable, but let's do some research. <laughs> know what you're doing, but maybe a little bit more. The interesting thing about financial abstraction and what he was trying to demonstrate is that when it's real money, we treat it differently than it when it's not what we know as real money. If you go all the way back to like the second slide I ever showed you after the disclaimer, in January, it was about what money is and what it's been over the years. Sometimes it was rocks. In prison movies, it's always cigarettes. <laughs> but whatever it is, that's what's important. And what it really is, is a store of value. Typically, that value is time. You have invested your time into something to get this reward. What if the things we spent our money on, instead of looking at them as dollars and cents, we looked at them as hours worked? Let's see, I make $25 an hour. I got $1,000 a month more. more. Oh, hold on. I got $1,000 more. Wait a minute. How many hours is that? You might look at your money a little different. We may not be going to that concert. Kevin Hart tickets cost how much? Shoot, that's six hours of work. <laughs> I got to take you too? Oh, that's two days I got to work to go see Kevin Hart. Oh, you want to eat something? Oh, man, that's three days. <laughs> hey, I found this video on Netflix of Kevin Hart. You want to watch? I'm just saying, <laughs> right? The other side is I once heard somebody say that our kids are assets, not liabilities. And I wanted to punch them in the mouth, but I couldn't because Jesus was in me and I was in church when he said it. And it wasn't the preacher, so it's all right. And the problem I had with that was that our children, they're not our assets. They're not our liabilities. We are their assets. We are their liabilities. Because what we teach them is either going to move them up Move them down. So there's one problem with that. If we're not growing, it means they're not going to grow. I say funny stuff today like both of them because, well, it's, well, I'll use a Dallas term. Y'all may not have this here. It's down off up inside me. We say stuff like down off up inside me when I was a kid we said it you know how long it took me to stop saying her and there and if you've ever known anybody from Dallas you know that that's why we talk we say her come over her scared I don't even know how to spell scared but if something was scary it was scared I couldn't progress beyond that because well the people around me and as soon as I change some of the people around me or change some of the inputs, well, guess what? I got better. So for all of us who have kids and we say our ceiling's going to be their floor, guess what? You are messing up because your ceiling is their ceiling too. Wow. Now, there's an interesting thing about that ceiling. If you never reach your ceiling because you pushed it so far high, what does that mean for your kids? They got some space. And they get a head start. Remember that whole little thing Richard and I did about the track team? That relay race, the first person has to do the hardest work because that person has to come from zero. Everybody else gets a flying start. Stick! Go all the way up. Push it all the way up. Here, 
Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. I'm going to mess with you just a little bit. Think about this. Brandle right here. This is Brandle. I'm channeling Brandle. Let y'all experience what I experienced with Dr. Brandle. I miss him. He was a good guy. Uh, think about this. Right now, if I said we going to Mars, y'all going to look at me and say, what? So I'm going to say it. We going to Mars. Now, I want y'all to think about something, though. Guess what? You got Mars gas money. That's right. <laughs> How many hours is that going to take to pay for that gas? <laughs> oh, I work for a European company. We good. I can go. So, <laughs> all right. So, y'all mess me up. No, you're not. You're good. So, we going to Mars. If we talk about going to Mars... Some people are like, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Do you know our first trip, our first man trip to Mars is already scheduled? It is. It's already scheduled. It's already on the schedule for 2030s, right? 2030s, oh man, that's a long time away. Uh, uh, that's 14 years. <laughs> Let me put that in perspective for you. Let me put that in perspective for you. The kids that we have, the youngest kids that we have in children's church right now will be in college when the first people go to Mars. Is that a long time? Holy smokes, but if I say in 2030 we going to Mars, I'll be like, man, that's a long time. I got a long time to do that. That's 14 summers, 14 summer vacations. That's it. 14 spring breaks. We don't be sending people to Mars. Here, you want me to really mess you up? If two out of the next three presidents serve eight-year terms. That means they get, they get elected and re-elected twice, okay? Two out of the next three serve eight-year terms. That means by the third president, we will be on Mars. <laughs> Barack said that's out. I said he a lie! Because let me tell you right now, this is no joke, no lie. If Michelle Obama declared she was a pre candidate for president right now, she win. Because nobody wants either one of them clowns in. They'd be happy. Hallelujah! Ah, Donald Trump. Ah. I'm telling you, boy, Arkansas be Michelle. <laughs> We'd be all right. We'd be all right. They'd be all right. They'd just be happy he gone. No. So, <laughs> so the reason... The reason I bring up things like Mars and crazy stuff like that, because, well, the abstraction idea kind of plays over into it as well. It seems really far off or it seems really disconnected from the reality that we face because we talk about it in abstract terms. With our money, when we spend money, we know we spent Kevin Hart money. We know that. <sighs> Oh, for a seat that's covered, I got to, <laughs> okay, some more. All, all of them? Right? We, we know that. But if you put on a credit card, it was like, yeah, keep the party going. Just swipe. Right? Here's what we know. Depending on whose research you depend on and read, when you swipe your credit card, people spend 12 to 18% more than they do when they spend cash. Now, if your credit card is charging you 24% interest, you are going to pay 24% interest on top of 
the extra 18% that you paid out. And I'm not going to do the math because, well, I didn't even think about this example until right now. But that's a lot of extra money <laughs> that, you would, that you are going to incur that you wouldn't have had you used cash. Companies know that. Institutions know that. Subscription services know that. You're not going to go and buy some funny looking socks every month. But if you sign this right here, we'll duck it right out of your account. I spent over $1,000 on massages. $1,000. Why? Because I signed up for a subscription. It was only $49.99 a month. And I didn't use them because I was working and they stacked up faster than I could use them. And I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. I won't do this no more. <laughs> they said, well, no problem. We'll cut it off for you. No problem. We'd prefer to keep you, but we'll let you go. I said, okay, so can I just start using my massages? They said, ha, no, you got 30 days. Use them or lose them. I said, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not enough. <laughs> That's not enough. That's, they said, no, 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 no. So I decided to do something. I decided that I would take those massages and give them as, do as donations. One problem, they said, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Give us $10 per massage. So I ended up paying extra money to get out of a contract, get out of a situation that a subscription got me in. Be careful of subscription services. It's easy to spend the money when you don't feel it going out. Yes, ma'am. Hold on, I'm thinking right now. So, <laughs> that didn't work. We good. I'll do it this way. So, you just said I spent an extra $46? And that's just in one. That's just in one. I think that's low. I bet you it's more than that. You know why? Because most people pay minimum payments. That's if you pay it off. That's if you pay it off. I know where you were going, but that's why I want to slide that in there about minimum payments. Here's something really interesting. There is this piece of legislation that came out called the card legislation, and you don't have to know what it is, but it was instituted a few years ago. They put on everybody's credit card statement how long it would take you to pay off the entire balance in three years. You know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Most people didn't believe the number. They said, holy smokes, I just charged $2,000 on such and such and him and thus. And they realized that, holy smokes, it's going to cost me $4,600 if I pay the minimum payment by the time it's over. And they said, that can't be right. And we hear people say, well, it's because of compounding interest. You know what you call that? You call it a liability. You know what the bank calls that? An asset. <laughs> An asset. Assets. So if we want to talk about enlarging our territories, we might need to change our perspective a bit on that accounting equation. What's really an asset? What's really a liability? What's really going on? Cool.
Any questions? I don't mind questions, by the way. If you, you can interrupt me, I'm good. I'm good. Financial abstraction will get you. Be very aware of it. This is why we write stuff down, by the way. Next, retained waste. That just sounds nasty, right? You know, you eat a whole lot, your body just, you get out and you drink a lot and it goes out. Why is it in our houses we don't do that? I used to drive down this one street on my way to work. And one morning I looked over and I couldn't even see the front of the house on this one place. They had piled all this stuff out and they had a for sale sign. I said, what in the world? What's for sale? The house of the junk. Then they had one of those, you know those pods? Y'all seen those? The big pods? They had a pod sitting in the driveway. I said, how in the world your whole front yard covered with crap and you have a pod and your house is for sale? Where's your furniture? <laughs> then it dawned on me, oh, this is all the crap that they had piled up in their house. And all the stuff they actually want to keep is over here. So I said, how long did they have this in their house? I bet you got some stuff in your house. You've been there a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I know. You got some stuff to talk about. Why you got these two size eight dresses? Oh. You ain't been eight since well. <laughs> Talking about now, you can just sew the front of them and the back of them together and make one that'll fit you good. I ain't saying nothing about nobody. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just. You got clothes. You got shoes. That's the went out of style. And came back in, but they always a little different. They always a little different. It was like this other shade of green when it came back in style the first time. Now you little off. I got stuff like that, I'll tell you. I think it's hilarious. I look at stuff, I'm like, man, I know where I still got this. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't have mementos. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't have memories. I'm not suggesting that there are certain things that you shouldn't keep just because, well, heirlooms, they have sentimental value. But do you really need a Pine Bluff phone book from 1994. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got three phone numbers in their circle for all the cute boys that you liked or the cute girls that you liked. And you, that was it, right? I'm, can I say, it's terrible, my family gonna beat me up. So my great-grandmother, when she passed away, she, had, she lived in a four-room house. Not four-bedroom, four-room. Four-room. And then they built, uh, like in the 50s, they built a bathroom on the back. So I guess it was five. Four-room. When she died, she had a paddle that had been broken since somewhere around 1971 through 74. On the back of that paddle, she had written the first time she spanked everybody with it. You know where that paddle is right now? In your house. At my house. <laughs> if my family knew, they would be mad at me. But they were busy looking at all the stuff that was out of style while I was actually getting something that meant something to our family. Is your name on it? No, my name ain't on it. <laughs> no. No. It, my name was on a different paddle. She, got, she broke it, and then she had to get this red one, and then my cousin got that one, but that's a whole other subject. <laughs> Oh, I tell you right now, I got spankings. I got them. I got more spankings than Donovan gets. Shoot. Watch out now. Y'all think Donovan just well behaved. No, he well, well, amen. All right. <laughs> Creeping leak, the last two. <laughs> you went 
to the store to buy, uh, 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 buy cookies. Stop. Stop. You bought cookies. You bought cookies. You came back with cookies, chips, some steaks, some hot pockets. You got four different kinds of ice cream and some apple juice. <laughs> That's what happens, right? That's what happens. That's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> you went to the store. So the thing about creep, <laughs> creep is hilarious because you don't notice it. And creep is really interesting because marketing people, and insert side note here, Hundreds of billions, not millions, billions of dollars get spent every year by companies who do nothing more than figure out how to make you buy more. Buy more. It, more what? More. Period. <laughs> Whatever it is. These are the people who get you here because they know you can't control yourself when Idris is on the cover of that book, I got to buy it. Ah! You can't even read. And you buying a book. <laughs> Talk about, whoo! You say, oh, Outcast, my favorite group. You don't even own a CD player anymore. Why are you buying a CD at Walmart? <laughs> Talk about, ooh, this candy is on sale. You don't even like Juju Fruit. Like, you allergic to that stuff. What in the world are you buying it? Well, it was on sale. What in the world happened? That's how creep happens. Here's another way it sneaks in on you. Hey, I want to get this. You know, for $9 more, you can have this plus that. Right. Say, well, I'm already spending 100 bucks. May as well spend 10 more dollars. Keep the party going. Creep will get you. Make a list. Here. This. Y'all know I got a car a couple months ago. Y'all made fun of me. It's okay. I love y'all too. Vess sold me this car. I don't know if y'all know that. He sells cars. If y'all need a car, holla at Vess. Vess, the first time we talked about getting a car was when? What? You know why it took that long? Why did it take that long? It took that long because I had this list of stuff that I thought was important. Stuff. And some of the stuff that was up here over time moved down here. And some of the stuff that was down here moved up. It's the reason why you was so gone in ninth grade over Drakey. And now when you see Drakey 15 years later, you're like, oh, he is fat. And why are his teeth that far apart? I'm saying, when you were in high school, he was big and swole. He was pretty. saying, I'm just saying, Aquanetta came in in the third grade. You was like, ooh, when I get big, I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to get a truck, and we going to go on a date. Now you see Aquanetta, and you like, ooh. <laughs> now, since most of us are not from here, have you gone back home and seen somebody that you thought had it going, and now you're like, wow. Yeah, oh, I didn't know teeth could turn that color. Ooh. 
Hey, don't look, but somebody laughing real, real hard. I ain't gonna say it. <laughs> right? Right? I'm gonna tell y'all something. Y'all remember mini no, no, yeah. Some of y'all remember mini trucks. I was in Pittsburgh, Texas. That's where my folks from. And this guy, his name was Wawa. He was cruising. His name was Wawa. He had a Nissan. I was like, ooh, when I get big, be like Wawa. I saw Wawa. I said, what in the world was I thinking? I don't wanna be like Wawa. Why did I ever want to be like Wawa? Right? There's another dude named Peach. He had a mini truck. It was Peach and Wawa. They were battling each other. They weren't friends. Wawa truck was red. Peach was white. Peach always played with the same song anytime he saw it. YZ thinking of a master plan. Who's the man with the master plan? I'm thinking of a master plan. I saw Peach. He didn't look like a Peach no more. I said, Peach, what happened to your money, bro? He said, I ain't got it no more. Got no more. What happened? It's gone. But you were the man. Yeah, now I got debt. And the beta man took debt. You know why? Because them rims and them funny looking uh, mud splashed guards on the side and that little twisted back antenna and the tent and all of that stuff caused all his money to leak out and he had to take on debt to try to cover it. Buried him. You are a single person making $80,000 a year. Why do you have a 4,600 square foot home wow. with no furniture in it? <laughs> Why? You have a nine car garage and a Hyundai Elantra from 2004 parked in one spot. Why? And your friends come over, girl, this is cute. They are lying. You have nice architectural detail. No, you got a big empty house. That's good. That's what happens. We get caught up in it, especially when we start looking at some of our friends and family and ooh, 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 ooh. Them boots cost a lot of money. I know they did because I paid for them. That don't mean you should go buy them. I know how many hours it took to buy them boots. <laughs> One, two, three. I know, right? I know. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get. I'm not saying you shouldn't aspire to. I'm not even saying you can't have. I'm saying be thoughtful about how you get it because these two will make you stay broke forever. Forever, ever, forever, ever. <laughs> Did you have a question, Tamisha? No. Okay, it's all right. You just scratching your hair. It's all right. You can ask questions. I scratch mine too if I had it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. All right. Y'all ready to look at our progress report? Yeah. You ready? This is where it's going to get good. And I really want y'all to pay attention to it, look at it, take your time to take it in because it's going to help us. Yes, I'll post this whole thing there. You know what that say? That's good. That's that face you make when, when you come home and the whole house clean yeah. and the food cooked. You look surprised. <laughs> Car washed, clothes wa uh, been washed and ironed, boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's take a look. Any, anybody, y'all finished reading, kind of looking through it, reading through it, looking through it? Y'all good? Yeah. Okay. 
So, are there any questions about the categories that are here? Yes. So there are HELOCs, Home Equity Lines of Credit, and HEALS, H-E-L's Home Equity Loans. If you have a loan, it goes there, and I think I have the line of credit up there somewhere. I think I put them on there, yep, right there, line of credit and the loan. So this will be your HEAL, this will be your HELOC. Something like a home improvement store card, uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, okay. Ace True Value. It would go into, uh, where are my credit cards? There they go, right there. It's an actual loan that you get from a bank. Yeah, a home equity loan is a, is a formal loan that you get from a bank. Yes, ma'am. Your mortgage. Right there. And for the record, I did put mortgages because, well, It is going to be the debt on the house, the debt that you take on that home loan that you're paying back with your mortgage is your debt. We'll get to the equity part on the next slide. The yes, ma'am. Loans on the life insurance, what is that? So if you have a life insurance policy and you've gone to uh, your, your uh, life insurance company and said, hey, I want to take a loan out based on the oh, yeah. fair value of it, you can do that. Any others? I know it's a lot up there, so I want to give y'all time to look at it. We can talk through any of them that you have. Questions, though? Yeah? Yes, ma'am. Okay, say you've paid off everything uh -huh. pretty much almost. The only thing that you have, like you said, was the like, student loans. That would be the mm -hmm. asset. No, the, the payments left on the student loans, those are going to be liabilities. Liabilities. The asset is the actual education that you're using to make more money. Okay, 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 got it. And then, um, and you still don't see your credit, well, you see your credit score rise, but it's not going any higher than that. Mm -hmm. How do you make it so that it's Outstanding question. Question is, how do you get the thing to keep going up after it's stalled out, basically? Right. right. Okay. So, Unfortunately, what companies like Credit Karma and some of the other services have confused us into believing is that our credit score fow, 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 jumps around like pinball or pinball, whatever those things are called. It doesn't. There are points where you are in between tiers and it'll just sit there until you break into the next tier. So for instance, with credit utilization, uh, people disagree about what the right number is, but somewhere between 10 and 20% credit utilization is considered the best. So if you're at 39%, Anywhere between 39 and 30, or even 39 in some cases down to 25, is going to be treated pretty much the same, right? So until you get that credit utilization down below 20, you're not going to see another jump. So if my student loan, for example, if my student loan were to get paid off, then it should... It'll, you'll see a jump, right. Will it do it if I do it just in payments, or if I were to pay it off, is that what... It'll do both. Either paid in full or closed by consumer or something like that. Closed. Yep. And then it brings your, your point system down. Mm -hmm. And then. That's okay. It's okay. So a decrease isn't always bad. Yeah, okay. Because it decreased, and what I saw when, right. when, when the paper was made or when it, when it was paid off, right. I saw a decrease. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Right. You know? So what just happened is your mix changed, right? And it takes them about a month, sometimes three, you know, kind of in that range, before everything rejiggers and adjusts to say, oh, okay, this person's actually in this position. Don't worry about it month to month if it's not really changing. 
you'll see it move up. But you have to make sure you're between tiers. No, it's okay. It will adjust for you. It just takes a little bit of time. Yep. What else? What else? Jimmy Beasley. What's up, man? I use you as an example. Mm -hmm. So the optimal credit mix is a pain in the butt. But you need to have every single type of credit available out there, different categories. So credit cards, consumer loans, home loans, mortgage loans. You need to have all kinds of stuff on your credit report at one time. Doesn't mean they all have to have balances. You can actually pay them off and they tend to stay on either, either seven to 10 years, uh, usually seven, a seven, from seven to 10 years after the last action is taken, okay? So it may be that, I'll use me as an example. I hadn't had a car payment before this one for 14 years. So my last car note had completely fallen off. That blew up my mix a bit and it made my credit score come down. So I was like, okay, I need to remember on mix for a couple months, I'm down. So I intentionally got a, a loan so that I could boost my mix back up. Make sense? So I'll get an initial dip, which I got. And it was July, June when I bought the car, whenever it was. I got an initial dip and then it came right back up after a couple months, after it recognized that, okay, everything has been readjusted. They don't disclose it. Fair Isaacs doesn't disclose that. Nope. Nope. There are people who fight to get perfect credit scores and they have blogs and all kinds of stuff on the internet if you want to look at them. Honestly, it doesn't matter. When you're over 780, you're in double A credit score uh, range anyway, so it doesn't really matter. The difference between a 790 and a 781, nothing is nothing. It's not going to affect you. Unless you just want to feel good and say you got a 790. <coughs> same way. Yep. Exact same way. So you don't have any credit, you know, on there except for what you paid off. Mm -hmm. You can go ahead and get a yeah. try to apply for a credit. Mm -hmm. loan and sure. You just take a look at I, I recommend this anytime somebody's going to buy something major. Pull your own credit score. Pull your own credit report. Pull your own score. Look at what's there. That way when you walk in you know what you got, and you, not only are you informed, you're in a better position to say, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. And if you look around just a little bit, you can come out with something better. I helped a friend. Uh, I did see something called, um, it was, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it was, what was it called, rates.com, mm -hmm. where you actually go ahead and enter all your information in there, and then they kind of just give you, I think that they search for, for the best rates. Yeah, you absolutely can. I use Bankrate. Uh, it's kind of an old, beat-up website. It's got too much junk on it, honestly, but if you know where to find stuff on it, it's good information and it's simple to use. Uh, I like Bankrate. Uh, just, you got to know where to go for it. Yeah. They have calculators for cars, student loans, mortgage loans, different lines of credit. You can look at all of them. What else? What else? Everybody feeling okay so far? You still all right? All right, all right. This is the fun one. This is actually the one that I'm ready for because this is one that's going to drive us into 2017. We're going to calculate our net worth. The information from the prior page gets entered here. On the right-hand side, there's your liability. And on the left-hand side, you got your assets. They are not linked. These are just slides. I know. I'm trying to make it simple. I'm trying to make it simple. Mm -hmm. 
Rebecca? Furniture, not furniture. Furniture. Furniture, yeah. There's no R in that word. It's furniture. (laughs) All right, y'all got that? All right. Now, any questions about what's up here on the net worth? Yes, it can be negative before you get, uh, before anybody asks that. It can be negative. So remember when Pastor Sean told you that average black person made, had something like a $5,000 net worth? Average white person has something like $111,000 net worth or something like that. This is what you're talking about right here. This is what we're talking about. This side, five grand bigger than this side. This side is $111,000 bigger than that side. Any questions? Which one? Yep, so a positive net worth means that this side is bigger than this side. And if it's, if it's the other way around, it'll be a negative net worth. Okay, so assets should be positive. You should have more assets than my Ideally, yes. So, so for home, is it like what we would get if we sold it today? Correct. So like, I don't know, Yeah, yeah, you can do that. So right here, in fact, if you want to, you can look on like Truly or Zillow or any of those sites. They actually give estimated values of a home based on comparable sales in the neighborhood. You may want to look at a couple houses in the neighborhood just in case, because sometimes like where my house sits, it actually sits on the corner. This section hasn't had any houses sell, which is where my address shows. This section has, they have a higher dollar per foot than this section because these are old. So it undervalues my house a bit. But if I'm selling it, I'm selling it based on this side of the street. Right. Yeah. What else? I wish more of my student folks were here because I feel like they had to have some questions. Like, wait a minute. Any? Which one? Sure, so with the home, and, and this will actually work with, uh, yeah, you can do this with vehicles too because it's over there. So with your home, what you want to see here is if you sold your house today, what would it sell for? What would it sell for? Your mortgage is just what, you're, what you owe on your mortgage. Okay, so vehicles count that as well. You're just going to get paid off. You don't have a debt on it. Then that line is zero, and this line is positive. And then you can go ahead and kind of calculate what you're uh, KBB, KellyBlueBook.com will give you a good, good view of that. Yep. Any? Yes, ma'am. So, speaking of that card, you said, aren't you trained in my card? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know how that even worked. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to the man right behind you. He will take you through the painful details. What I I will tell you, I will give you a real life example of what not to do. And I will tell you how it works, but I'll do them in reverse order, so I'll tell you how it's supposed to work. You take your car's worth, make up a number, say it. $10,000, your car's worth $10,000, you owe, make up a number. You owe $15,000 on that car. 
you owe more on that car than it's worth. Don't feel bad. Most people are like that, at least for the first two years, sometimes three. You are $5,000 underwater. You'll hear that term, okay? If you take that car and you trade it in on a car that costs $20,000, what the bank will want you to do is make them whole. So you take the $5,000 of money that you're, or the of difference there, the, the $5,000 that you're underwater, you add that to the $20,000 that this new car costs, and your new car loan is gonna be based on $25,000. Make sense? So now you're paying for this car and what's left over on that car. Now, anytime you're underwater, it, it, it is very likely to be a bad choice. Now. Here's a situation where it's not. If this first car is just raggedy because you haven't taken care of it and it's breaking down and you can't go to work, it might be a better solution to get that than it would be to stay where you are. The best solution, though, is to take care of the one you got to keep it bridged as long as you want. A little word to all you people who say you're going to drive your car till the wheels fall off. Guess what? You determine how long the wheels stay on. <laughs> Yeah, and for the record, driving until the wheels fall off is bad. People die when wheels fall off, okay? Like, I'm not even joking. Like, seriously, take care of your car. So y'all make fun of me for my Nissan Altima that's sitting at home right now, and it's still running great with 265,000 miles on it. I bought that car. How many miles do you think that car had on it when I bought it? Anybody know? 103,000 miles. How many years bought it? I bought it in 2005. It had, it had 103,000 miles on it. You know what I did? I took it straight home and I went through it and I pulled apart a whole bunch of stuff and I said, I'm dropping $1,000 on this thing because I'm going to work on the reliability. Here's something I knew. The engine that is in that car is the same one that Nissan uses for a turbocharged version of the car. So that means it's stronger than the regular aluminum engine. So all I got to do is take care of it and it will last longer. Did the same thing with the car before that one. Had somebody not driven on the wrong side of the road and hit me in the door, I would have driven that thing way past 165,000 miles, which is what it had on it when it died. So I changed my oil regularly. I actually have a spreadsheet showing when I changed my oil. I have a spreadsheet showing when I did maintenance on the transmission. I have a spreadsheet that shows when I did this and that and the other. It does not have a hole all the way through the floor. Barack Obama car had a hole in the floor. You see where it got him. <laughs> Shoot. Yes, sir. I just want to add to that equation, to the, to the car equation. Be careful with signing on to those longer terms because that helps dictate a bigger negative. Yep. So it takes longer. It's very enticing because most people's focus is get my payments, get my payments lower. You know what I mean? But in, in essence, you're paying more on that vehicle. For Correct. So by the time you pay it off, you will, I mean, if you ever try to trade it, you will take it deeper in the hole. A, B, and then we'll come back over to you, Vess. I'll say to that point, though, I will buy a car and get it the longest term. Yep. Unless you're going to do it. Then I'll pay more. Pay more. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's something else you can do. You can accelerate. 
Nobody does. Here's something. Anybody ever pay a car off early? Like you send in, you send in like the last three payments super early. Oh, I'm going to get rid of this. Guess what? You wasted your money. There's no advantage to it. Because they are, the way compounding works, if you guys really want to see a compounding table, I'll put one in for next week. They're ugly. Uh, and they're way too complicated. But the way it works is a huge chunk of your upfront money goes to knock down interest. Smaller portion goes to knock down principal. Principal is what the actual loan is for. Interest is the amount that accrues on top of the, uh, the principal. Over time, more and more decreases. You know, the principal actually shrinks, so less interest accrues. That means more and more money goes to the principal and eventually it goes down. If you pay it off the last three months early, all that interest is already collected over here. If you put that exact same money on the front end, you knock off months. Whole months. Not days, months. And in some cases, if you get really aggressive about it, you can actually knock off years. So if you hear people talking about, oh, I paid my mortgage off early, this is what they did. This is what they did. Uh, I told you I was going to give you a funny example, real world. So I got a friend, love him to death. He makes some special decisions sometimes. When I met him, <laughs> he drove a Chevy Malibu. And I'm not laughing because of the Chevy Malibu. I'm, dry, I'm laughing because it was beat up. Like, it was bad. Like, stuff that was supposed to be wasn't, and stuff that was wasn't supposed to be. It was all bad. So he traded this thing in. Wow. Got rid of it. Got a Nissan Maxima. He drove that car for one year. And in 30 days, the Nissan Maxima looked just like the Malibu he had beaten up. I don't know how it happened, but he's just real hard on cars. This is what I came to decide. So, Nissan Maxima started having problems because, well, he drives horribly. So he traded that car in. Got himself a Chevy truck. Country boy from Louisiana. He likes trucks. Got this thing. He owed money on this car and on this car. They are all now on this car, plus this car. A year and a half into it, Chevy sent him a thing. Said, "Hey, bring us that truck. We'll give you a real, real, real good trade-in on it." He said, "Ooh, y'all really want this truck, don't you?" So he took that truck back. Got another truck. So now. This car, this car, this truck are all on this one truck. So he got four car notes that he hasn't paid off on this one truck. He loves Corvettes. I looked at the paperwork on this truck. I said, good Jesus, if you had paid off these cars, you could buy that truck and a Corvette. <laughs> oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. No, you're right. I only have two degrees in this, spent six years of my life studying, and I spent the last decade working in it. I don't know what I'm talking about. What are you doing? He said, oh, it don't matter. I finally convinced him to pay it off. He paid it off. In that first month, he had 800 extra dollars. And he said, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know where this money came from. I said, that's the last four cars. This is what can happen when you find yourself getting into these patterns of behavior. If you have a car, it is considered a capital expenditure. Don't worry about what it means, just know it's some stuff that's supposed to last longer than a year. <laughs> Take care of it. Proper maintenance. If you cannot afford the maintenance, you cannot afford the thing. You want that Lex Coupe with the drop down and the thing that come around, that's fine, but don't call me talking about, oh, it costs $2,000 every six years to get new tires. I'm going to laugh at you or make fun of you or both. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> Get something raggedy. 
not falling apart, but something that people make fun of you because of, because you know what happened? I'll tell you a funny story. Can I tell you, this one's really funny. I used to drive a pink Mercury Tracer. Tinted windows, gray inside, and it was clean. Oh, it was clean. Small car payment. I was in Plano, Texas. I was driving down Spring Creek, headed towards 75. There the light is right there. I was in the turning lane because I was going down to Dallas. I look over, I see a green turf cell, tinted windows. Now, if you know anything about Plano, in the late 90s, it looked a lot like Bentonville with less black people. Yeah, a lot less black people. So to see a green turf cell with tinted windows, I know who's in that car, and I'm like, yes, black people. So I pull up and I'm just excited to see black people. You know how you feel when you go to like the airport and you just waving at people, you don't just you black person. This is what happens, I know. So I pull up next to this car and I look over and there's two girls in the car. I'm like 19, I'm like, yes, black women in Plano. Yes, I'm not by myself no more. And I smile and the girl in the passenger seat, she looked at me, she looked at my car and she started laughing and turned to her friend. I was like, man, my little feelings hurt. I went on down to Dallas. I'm in my pink Mercury Tracer. Couple months later though, I had a Ford Pro GT, had chrome on it. It was literally the only one like it in the state of Texas. Then I customized it, I had doom, doom, doom in the back and it was all good, everything tinted, I'm looking good. Driving, same intersection. Green Tercel, tinted out windows. I said, ooh, I know who this is. I got them this time. Put my window halfway down so you can just see my eyes. <laughs> I pull up, same girl in the passenger seat. She looks down, looks at, my, at me, and she goes, and I went, Aah! The funny thing is, when I had the pink Mercury Tracer, I had more money than I did when I had the blue Ford Probe. I promise you, this old pastor man, old guy named Elijah, not in the Bible, he was just old brother named Elijah, had a big church out on the West Coast. I was there, we listening, he talking. He said he didn't understand people today because he was an old country boy and he had come out to California over the years and kind of grown up there. He said, but when he was young, you would see the best looking woman, best dressed with the filthiest sharecropper. And he said that made sense because she saw value in hard work. She was in a great place because he worked hard to give her the best. He said, nowadays, you see guys who are prettier than the girls. And that's who they want. It's like, wait, wait, wait. If he's spending it all on himself, at best, at absolute best, you in second place. <laughs> in your person, look, in your family beauty contest, you in second place. So think about that when you start talking about value. People like to say, oh, you got an expensive car. That means you got a big car. No, no, not if you raggedy. Because trust me, if there was not a Donovan Dilworth, there would be an Aston Martin sitting outside. But I said, I got to be moderately responsible because, well, I want my kid to do better than me, which means I have to push that glass ceiling way, way high. So high that I can't reach it anymore. So that when I push him up, I can say, keep going. Keep going, keep going. Y'all have a great Sunday. Any questions? I'm done.